everybody. Welcome to the Break Out the Truth podcast. I'm Corey Mitchell. Demetrius Kilpatrick. And we have a special guest tonight with us. This is Dr. Tom Mitchell, who is in his 60th year in the ministry. And so we're glad to have him along. And tonight's topic is gleaning the truth from the Bible. Um, in other words, how do we receive the message of the Word of God? Everybody says they want to hear from God. Everybody wants to say, why doesn't God speak to us? And we all say he does. And uh, the reason is, is because we have his word that was delivered. And we're, so we're going to talk about that tonight. And obviously, the podcast is to strengthen Christians. Uh, that's what we want to do uh, with our time here tonight. And if you're a Christian watching this, we want you to feel very confident and strong that you can hear from God directly through his word. And uh, and we'll also talk about a lot of other things because that's what we're here for. Right. Uh, so let me start uh, by talking about... Um, getting the truth from the Bible. And what we're going to talk about tonight is that uh, in order to get the truth from the Bible and to understand the truth from the Bible, you must have the Holy Spirit. Uh, is, is that, do we, we agree on I that? that's definitely correct. The, the correct. Holy Spirit. And so, unfortunately, for agnostics, for atheists, for unbelievers, you're going to read this and you're not going to get the same thing I do. And it's not because I'm crazy or that I'm, a fanatic that, that doesn't know any better, it's because I have God living within me, and since God is speaking to me uh, and having God in me, then I will understand the truth of the Bible. Uh, and the Bible tells us that. I'm not making that up, right? And so uh, we want to make sure you understand that uh, the Bible is not too hard to comprehend. It is for us. Um, if you are uh, a churchgoer, then you should be being fed by your pastor, through your teachers, uh, through uh, any program through through that. And uh, just to be honest, if you're not, you should demand that you do. Uh, read it yourself. Always test to make sure it's coming from the Bible. And there's really no excuse not to hear from God. We have his word. Uh, so on that, um, I want to um, uh, start by reading, or actually... Um, 1 Corinthians 2.14. Did you have that? Or do you either one? I can read it right now. I've already got yeah, it pulled up. Yeah. So, so here is 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. And this is going to uh, see why there's a division in is the Bible true and is there not? And why do Christians uh, seem to have this belief that, that other people don't? 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Right. Okay. Um, you want to take that? You want to kind of break that down? Well, the thing about when we talk about the Holy Spirit living within us, the unbeliever doesn't have that at all. Right. So he doesn't even have the vehicle for understanding until he becomes a believer. Now, to spiritually discern something means that you have looked at the situation and the Holy Spirit begins to convince you of that truth. Now, not convince you that you can memorize it because some people don't memorize it. Right. Don't have the but when you do, do read the word, you have the capability of grasping. That, that's discernment. Grasping it and then applying it to whatever need you have, whether it be a, a, a better prayer life, uh, whether it be a, a, a better evangelist, or a good parent. 
Right. Because the scriptures have all that prepared for us. That's true. From Genesis to the Revelation, uh, God knew exactly what we needed ahead of time. Right. So, as you said earlier, the the tool being the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, without that, you're just reading words. Right. And and you really there's not a discernment. You have to have a. You almost have to have options in discernment to choose one where the Holy Spirit guides you towards the correct one to line up with God. Mm -hmm. And it's called, in the verse, it was spiritually discerned because the word is for your eternal self. Correct. The, the Bible is concerned about the part of you that lives forever and not so much about the part of you that, that decays and goes away. So spiritual discernment is much better. And this is we, we can see this in the modern church. There, the, the fleshly discernment is easy. They find scriptures in the Bible that say you'll be rich. Or, or they just lie, right? And so we can, fleshly discernment is, well, that sounds good. And that's really about as far as it goes. Right. Spiritual discernment is, hmm, that sounds like something that I don't, that I have to have faith. Correct. Is that beneficial to me? The Holy Spirit will say, yes, eternity, instead of yes, today, or yes, tomorrow, which is the flesh. Uh, Demetrius, you want to add anything on well, on this particular verse and, and, and having the Holy Spirit? A person that doesn't, a normal person that doesn't have the Holy Spirit just can't pick up this book and read it. You have it's to, not good for it's it. Not, it doesn't do anything for You have for to have the Holy Spirit to understand it. Yes. you got to pray, study, and and believe, believe right? There's a, there's, that's, a, that's a big gift. That's the gift. Right. The gift of the Holy Spirit is faith and knowledge and, and this spiritual discernment that if you don't believe, this Bible will just be words to you. And you you can tell those people because they'll say, well, Jesus was a good teacher. Well, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Because some of the stuff he taught is very different than what our today's psychologists teach Correct. that are famous. So are you sure you think he's a good teacher? Because the stuff he says is pretty rough. Pretty rough. Right. I mean, right? So automatically, I know you haven't read Jesus' teachings. I, and then I automatically know you don't follow Jesus's teachings because um, turning the other cheek, loving your neighbor as yourself, those things are not what we would call, uh, they're definitely not the American way, no. right? Um, me first, me last, me in between. That's the way we are today's society. Jesus says, deny yourself. We say, promote yourself. Correct. So when people are like, well, you know, Jim, if, if we all behave the way Jesus spoke, okay, we well, are already... You, you you don't understand. You're not even understanding, and that's just that. We're not even talking about the Old Testament, and like you're talking about child rearing and all that. Well, we sure don't follow the Bible. No, like we've no. given that up. Spiritually, we understand how to raise children because the Holy Spirit tells us that the Bible is correct in the way that children are to act, the way families are to be structured, and and the man be the head, and he's under Christ, and and the woman submits to him. Uh, and, 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 oh, that sounds so terrible in today's progress. But if you really knew, if you had the Holy Spirit to discern what that meant, then you would understand that is the perfect way for a house to ruin. And that submission, the woman submits or the wife submits to the husband because he's already submitted to Christ. He submits first. Right. He submits to the higher authority. As she submits to him and to Christ, listen, she has no fear of being mistreated or manipulated. She's brought along in fullness because of that relationship because Christ wants it that way, right? It, it might sound like it's awful, but actually when a man and a woman gets married, they're 
They're one. It's one, it's right? It's one. Right. But the responsibility comes to the mm -hmm. to the husband first. And the wife should trust if he's submitting himself to Christ, I can submit to him in full faith. And that's the that's the beauty of it. And then the children submit to the parents in full faith that they have the best interest, but the foundation is Christ. And and without without spiritual discernment, then oh my goodness, we have spoken against society. And it's right. It's up to the man to take care of the wife. Gotta gotta you gotta love her. Right. Regardless. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. And then the scope of God's word says that we ought to train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. The world today says, oh, let's let our kids grow up and make their own choices. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's like saying, okay, um, there's a riptide out there. Uh, you choose whether you want to go out there or not. A kid's going to go I'll out sit there, there no matter what. Yeah, I'll sit there and wait and see how it turns out yeah. as a parent. <laughs> and, and so society is broken because of this. Correct. So, so when Christians take this stance, the world looks at us and go, oh, for shame, y'all are so bitter towards society. You think you have all the answers, but you can't run your own households. And, uh, and, and a lot of times that's true because Christians are not in the Word. Uh, this is part of this podcast. Trust the Word of God. Trust what you're doing. Uh, but if you're not submitting to Christ, if you're trying to claim that you're doing it that way but, but still listening to the world, then that's where we get called hypocrites. We get called out of our own lanes um, where people are turned off by the Bible. Uh, but but part of that is um, once you know, especially as a man, that that's your role uh, and you you're, you do the ultimate submission first, not last. Correct. Correct. It's not, okay, when my wife submits to me, then I'll submit to Christ. That's right. not how this works. And then, obviously, the big part of that that nobody ever talks about is the the scripture that talks about that is as Christ treats the church, yes. you treat, and he died for the church. He gave all. He gave his whole. He humbled himself and died for the church and still lives for the church and, and, and provides everything and is there. And if husbands were to do that as their example is Christ, then women would, if we're talking about discernment, women would be foolish not to follow that. Right, because if you fight against that, now you are the catalyst to to really hurting the relationship. So, a biblical family, everyone needs to spiritually discern what the Bible says about child rearing, about the family, and and you, and you said it earlier. The Bible gives us those directives. Correct, correct. And and so and and uh, those those things should be taught in uh, Sunday schools or teachers or small groups. Um, you know. When we talk about uh, devotionals and, and, and things like that, where we take scriptures out of context and we're hurting, the, the church has been hurt by that, real teachers could take that and teach it. And, and that's a reality that needs to happen in our families today. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about teachers, they, they have to be able to discern the word as well. Well, yes. Um, and the thing about context, that is so important because... So many people will take a, a passage of scripture. Uh, you and I have talked about David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. um, th they want to take that out of context and say, you know, I can be a David. Uh, I, I can conquer the, my giants that are opposing me, and I'll be the victor. And if they, David wasn't doing it that way. Not at the all. Bible says that was God's battle, and David, by faith, was 
standing before Goliath. That's how we have to do anything is by faith. Right. Uh, in fact, the Bible says, Demetrius, without faith, it's impossible to please God. To please God, to right. Please God, right. So um, the context is so important for Bible study. And, and let me say there's a huge difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Well, reading anything and studying it, anything, right? That doesn't matter what it is. If you're if you just read something just to read it and don't comprehend it, you just wasted your time. One hundred percent, right? And so uh, the same with the Bible. I, I went through this in my early twenties. I wanted to read the Bible, uh, but the only books that I liked was Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, which is <laughs> yeah. a lot a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. But I understood them and they worked for me. And did I learn a little bit? I learned a little bit, but that's not. You know, that's not what it was. When I finally read the Bible and studied it, it was, uh, well, I'll just read a passage real quick. This is from John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. Correct. Okay, so to, to sanctify, to set apart. If I want to be set apart, which I'm already set apart because of Christ, but if I want to actually do his work, I have to be sanctified. Uh, in this world, that means I have to be different. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't so different. But I knew I should have been different. So right here, the truth, right, which is the, the truth sets you free. And I wasn't free until I read it, studied it, broke it down, dug into it, prayed about it, uh, asked the Spirit to help me. What is this saying? And, 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 and so basically what you get from it is it's about your eternity and it's always about Christ, just like David. That's when you realize the story of David and Goliath is David was willing to fight for the honor of the Lord because of the Lord. Correct, correct. Yeah. Like when you talk about like cyclical reasoning, well that God wants that. Uh I did that for you because of you. What's the why? It's because of you. Uh and I'm going to give the honor to you and glorify you. And so um once again, while Jesus was here, uh, Jesus is God, but he was acting on our behalf. And so every question posed to him, he cycled that back up. Of course, you know, uh, the Muslims and, and a lot of the naysayers will say, well, if he was God, he would have accepted the glory. He would have accepted the prayer. No, 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 no. Wait. He, trust me, Jesus was ready to go back to his glory, right? He said it. He said it to his disciples. He, he on the Mount of Transfiguration, he got to experience that again. So, Yes, Christ was ready to go back to his glory, but while he was here, he says, I'm going to show you what a man should do. Mm -hmm. And when you say, good teacher, wait, are you sure you know who's good? God's good. That doesn't show that he's not God. That shows that I should say that. I should point everything to, to the uh, exaltation of God the Father and of God the Son, right? And, and they receive the honor and praise. Remember Jesus said, I honor the Father, and in return, he honors me. Now, we may not always think about this, but we're going to actually get honored. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Right? We don't deserve it, but but that's that grace and love and mercy. And if you don't read the Bible and see that, then you're probably an unbeliever. Right? You're not, you don't believe it. You, you don't believe it. And so, um, yeah. I want to I pose this uh, for our watchers. All right. Um, Demetrius, your pastor called to preach I've been preaching in my 60th year you're not a preacher yet uh, <laughs> uh, never know right but never the know. thing is 
how long have you been saved? Yeah, 2022. Okay. What's the difference between now and you reading the Bible and studying the Bible than it was 21 years ago? Well, a lot of changes in my life, prayer, study. I'm just, I feel more, I feel better. I feel alive. I feel like I'm not dead anymore. Mm -hmm. But when you read the scripture, you understand it. I understand it completely. The point I want to make is you don't have to be a preacher to discern the scripture. No, absolutely, absolutely not. And uh, any child of God who applies himself or herself to the study of God's word is going to benefit greatly. Right. Uh, not just for a moment, just for a troublesome time, a, a, a breakup from, uh, you know, from a boyfriend or a girlfriend, uh, a divorce, but for eternity. That's the way God wants right. us to, to discern his scriptures. And I, I tell people to... You don't have to go to church to read the Bible, but it helps. It helps being around other Christians. It helps. Right. It just does. Getting away from the world, it's better. Right. Yeah. But so, but you still don't. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to no. go to church to, to read the Bible. Well, the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy to, because he had been trained from a child in the Scriptures, to commit himself to teaching younger men so that they might teach others. Right, right. And so Sunday school, Bible study, uh, uh, men's fellowships, uh, ladies' fellowships, all those are beneficial to you because you learn from someone else what they've gone through learning from the Scriptures. Correct. Well, and so, so to your point, with the church, uh, and this would just be a plug because that's what this podcast is about. You want to know the truth. Should you go to church 100%? And, and here's the reason why. If, if, you, uh, if you're traveling on the interstate and you see a group of people uh, riding motorcycles, right, as a unit, uh, motorcycle club that they might call them, um, they all have something in common. Motorcycles. Right, right. <laughs> so, so Christians that should flock to the people that have something in common with them, because of the sanctification, because you're taken out of the world, you really shouldn't be able, you shouldn't identify with them very well. Like you, you, you might can pretend or you might want to live miserable the rest of your life and fight against the spirit and still be part of the world. But it, your life is better to come into a church, find people. Guess what? They're going to struggle. Guess what? They know what sin is. They know what heartache is. They know what that is. The church has to become that place uh, where you have something in common. That common commonality is the Lord, is the Spirit. And the Bible's very clear about that. Uh, the idea that church benefits you just because it's, it's church is not right. The church benefits you because, just like a motorcycle gang, if you have a motorcycle and you want to ride with people on motorcycles, you, you got to go join them, right? Right. If you're a Christian and you want to know how to be a Christian... You can't do that at home. No. I mean, you 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 can read the scriptures. You can do that, but you're missing out. You're missing out on the other people. And if people would really take that to heart and join in at the church, and you had the people that that are willing to teach or are called to preach, doing what they're supposed to and understanding the Bible 
tells you how to do that, then now the church becomes a training zone to how to deal with a world that is going to hell and you're not. Right? Correct. And how do you please the Lord? Because unfortunately, if um, if all I ever wanted to do was be in a motorcycle club and I never got a motorcycle, I'd be miserable, right? If you're right. if right. you're if you're whole longing, you're not participating, then as a Christian, if you're saying I want I want to live and serve Jesus, I want to be in heaven with Jesus forever, I want him to be my king. I want the whole everything to be dictated by him because that's going to give me perfection. That's going to give me this wonderful life. And I'm, of course, I'm talking about the afterlife. If I want him to be in control of that, if I say that but have nothing for him here, no desire for him, no, I don't want to talk to him, I don't want to um, have anybody identify me with him, then there's a problem there. there that's a problem. The church allows people and we need to be more inviting. You seeking the Lord, so are we. Are you seeking how to um, survive sin? It's kind of where we're at. You're going to just survive, survive it until you get a new body. And or, or uh, but we we need to go to church. That's part of the spiritual discernment of the Bible. You mentioned the fact that you know you need to go to church, but I want to say. Don't do everything and depend just for the church time that you spend. Uh, Corey and I both were pole vaulters. If you only went to the track meet and you pole vaulted for that one event, you're not going to be very good because you have to practice before it. You have to get your steps down. You have to you get your timing. You have to uh, you know, get all these things. That takes effort. Studying God's Word takes effort. And it's not sitting 30 minutes in a Sunday school class. That becomes a catalyst to make you go back and say, what was the teacher talking about? What was the pastor talking about? Read those passages. And then you'll be able to discern what God's Word said for you. Right. Okay. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Uh, and this may be all we have time for, but let's break this down okay. because I think this is of the utmost importance on why, why we cannot leave the Bible behind. Now, we're not going to, but we are seeing what, what is being called the Christian church, the progressive Christianity, is leaving the scriptures behind. Uh, you know, now some of the more idealistic, they're leaving Christ behind. They're leaving repentance. They're 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 just leaving all that, and they're just becoming an empty religion that they're calling Christianity. I'm talking about folks that are are looking forward to seeing Jesus one day as the utmost goal in in their life in their eternity is that they will be with Jesus forever. They need the scriptures in this verse here tells us what the Bible is according to what was written to Timothy about all scripture being breathed out by God, by God and profitable. How do we profit from it? Oh. <laughs> I'm just, just going by this. So let's just start. Let's just start. <laughs> okay. It's profitable for teaching. How is, how is the word, all the scripture 
profitable for teaching. Opposed to, opposed to a book by a famous psychiatrist or psychologist. What makes the Bible better than what they offer okay. us? Um, I started minor in psychology. Okay. What I was taught in psychology 60 years ago is not what taught in psychology today. Oh, I, I, okay. Okay. I was going to make some crude remarks about how, okay. but, you're, but you're right. You're but, absolutely right. But this, Things changed. this word has never changed. Right. Uh, first of all, we got to understand Jesus is the word. Right. He okay. is the word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this is the most perfect standard for teaching that exists. Right. Especially if the foundation for all true Christian believers, if you if you have faith in Jesus Christ, your foundation is Jesus Christ. Correct. If yes. Jesus is the word, your foundation is the word. If you don't know the word, what's your foundation? Right. right. That's, that's where I, I come to at some point. Uh, we spew a lot of talking points. Uh, the Bible's great. Uh, the Old Testament's this. People people have heard through church is um, we like Jesus and his teachings, but they don't know what his teachings are. Mm -hmm. And the Old Testament's kind of rough, so we kind of avoid that. And I mean, this is even the best of Christians are scared of the word, but they're not scared of what, you know, like you're saying, modern psychology. Um, I heard an interview with, <laughs> with a guy one time. He said uh, he got his doctorate um, in psychology uh, in like the 1920s. Mm -hmm. He said there were only two or three mental illnesses known to man. And now there's like 75,000 in his lifetime, right? So Something science, science, <laughs> science tells us that if all knowledge was stopped, that religions would be different, science would always come to the same conclusion. But but that's not true because science has changed so much in my lifetime. The people who got doctorates in certain things in the 1960s, all of that stuff has been proven false, but they got doctorates in it. Mm -hmm. They were professionals in something that wasn't true. The word of God's been here for thousands of years, and it's always been proven true. Now, if you're an atheist, I'm sorry. I know you don't get it. The Bible tells us you don't get it. But for us believers, we see it plain as day, and it's in the science community saying, well, we would always come to the same conclusions. You didn't come to the same conclusions that they did yesterday. Right. Well, You're the right. one changing. We're the one not changing. We also live in a society that says, I'm okay. You're okay. The Bible rebukes that. because No one's okay. We're all sinners. Right. Every one of us. In the same boat. Have yeah. fallen short of God. The, the word in Greek is harmatia. And... It, it your your daughter's my granddaughter's an archer. Uh, if she shoots the arrow and she hasn't gotten it where it's supposed to be, it's going to fall short. But here's what happened: when we tried to shoot our righteousness and it fell short, Jesus grabbed it and he put it in the bullseye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he did what we couldn't do. <laughs> right, correct. Okay, so now. Teaching, we can trust it for teaching because it hasn't changed and everything else has changed. Now, for reproof, church is not going to like this. No. Church, church goers don't want to hear reproof. But what do, I mean, listen, we know that children actually benefit more from discipline, being disciplined, being punished. 
right? So we've cut that out of society for now going on 20 years. And and we're a wreck. Yeah. Everybody's a baby. Everybody's triggered. People don't know who they are, what they want to be. And, and this is a problem. And this all comes from lack of punishment, lack of discipline. Now, reproof in, in Christianity is you should want to hear if you're not doing it right. 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 Now, is it going to embarrass you? Yeah. It hurts. It stings. But that's why you need to be at church. Because everybody in there gets reproved. It's, it's, it's just part of it. Uh, that's when you say, ouch, pastor, you stepped on my toes, right? Right. Well, listen, the scripture is good for reproof, right? Jesus said, I came to divide. Mm -hmm. I'll divide you straight from your family. It's that serious because it's spiritual, not flesh. And uh, so reproof, trust, if, you've, if, you're, if your pastor and your teachers are doing correctly uh, by God, then that reproof is beneficial for you, right? And and trust me, they're always talking to themselves. Oh yeah, always talking no, no. to themselves. Uh, so that's reproof. Let's move real quickly. Uh, this goes right around with it for correction. Okay. Example. Chloe was shooting this morning. Mm -hmm. What'd you do? Uh, went, went yeah, down. coached her a little bit. Well, a little bit of correction. He, she was shooting a little to the offside. Chloe goes down there. Next. Baby of arrows, yeah. she corrected because she'd been reproved for what her error was. Right. That's what the, the benefit does. is. <laughs> the benefit is to, to reach the goal, to do it well. Um, in athletics, you just understand the coach. Sure. The coach sure. is going to reprove you, correct okay. you, guide you, punish you, discipline you. Like all of those things are in sports, and, and we enjoyed them so much, and you still will always reflect back on that. Um and there is no sports without it. There's no such thing as sports without rules. There's really no such thing as society without rules. Like anarchy would never work, right? No. Um, so uh, reproof and correction from the scriptures, uh, Christians need to take a deep breath and go, okay, okay, I need that, and I'm going to now accept that and stop saying, well, I only like the kind of the stuff in the Bible that means I'm going to be rich or healthy or have a great life or have a... You, you, the prosperity stuff, which has been twisted really bad, um, they need to go, okay, maybe I need the correction and the reproof part of it so that, because if you want your marriage to be good, you're going to have to correct yourself, right? And that's the only way to do it. All right. And this, and training in righteousness. So I think there's a lot of Christians that think once they got saved, now they have Christ's righteousness on them. As a and the Holy Spirit is a seal unto the the permanent gift of salvation, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make you live righteous. No, and your sin will affect you and will affect others. It just does, right? It's a there's a radiation effect. When I sin, it doesn't just hurt me; it hurts everybody in my circle, and it continues and continues. And, and can continue for generations, right? It can go yeah. on. And that training in righteousness is what you alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, sanctification. Right. You how are you apart? How there's knowledge and there's wisdom. The wisdom is you start applying what you've learned from teaching, rebuking, correcting, or reproving and correcting. Now put that in, uh, into operation in your daily life. And what you develop is a desire to live like Jesus. That's the whole life. goal you, you, of the whole Yeah, which, which is why where we talked about that scripture that says to become complete. The man should be looking to become complete in Christ. 
um, which is, I mean, you're, I've said this many times, of course, when, I, when I'm preaching. If you love the world and the sin and the fleshly stuff, what are you going to do in heaven? You can't tell you can't, me you really want to go there. You can't go there. <laughs> well, you don't, I mean, because you, there's none of that's going to be there. None of the no. stuff you, you, you sell yourself out to is going to be there, right. right? So that's why it's those for Christ, those that love Christ, the Father loves them. And, and they get, are given the right to be called the children of God and are adopted into the family. Um, I, I usually use this illustration. You're, you're saying you're adopted into God's house, but you sleep at Satan's house with his kids and his bunk beds. Mm -hmm. And you live there and you eat there and you wear his clothes and you present him and you cut his yard, you paint his fence. And you're going to say, when I die, though, I can't wait to be back at God's house. Mm -hmm. We well, didn't spend any time there. Well, for believers, we, we have an advocate for us, for us exactly. Believers. Yes, yeah. and that's Jesus Christ. So, I mean, I mean, we're we're going to sin. I mean, First John one eight says, "Whoever says it is sin is a liar." We make him a liar. Right. So, I mean, right? Yes. Well, and there's an example of what uh, Scripture gives us. So many examples of what we're talking about uh, in Luke the fifteenth chapter. There's three things that were lost, and one of them was a son. He decided, <laughs> Dad, I don't like living here anymore give me my inheritance i'm going to go away and but you know what because he'd been trained right when he got down there in the pits of sin and eaten with the hogs he decided you know it's better where i was because i was taught something right and he went back you know what he did he repented Mm -hmm. And he had the spirit of repentance all the way. All the way, yeah. It was it weighed on him that he was going to repent to his father. And he was going to take the, the punishment. He was going to take the discipline, even if it meant he was a servant, right? Mm -hmm. he, all, he had lowered himself down before the father. This is exactly what we do before God when the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. And we go to him knowing that there is forgiveness. But we've lowered ourselves down. And, of course, the, you get the fool. You get the full ride. You get the ring. You get the robe. Mm -hmm. You get the party. You get the fatty calf. I like, and, and then, and then you even get the naysaying brother reprimanded. Yeah, like that. You get all of it, right? That's that beautiful part of the prodigal son. That beautiful parable yeah. about. Um, but but if you don't see the repentance part, right? And and he wasn't repentant just because he ended up in the pig pen. It's not. It wasn't just because of his fall. It was because of he was he was raised in a way. Let's like I said, you teach them in righteousness when they get older. Yeah, the world bit him, but the the thing was he remembered how good it was at the father house, right? Yeah. So that's a um, and, and one quick thing is before we close out. All right, the older son was at home, but he was far away. He had to be taught again. He had to be reproved. He had to be corrected. He had to be trained again to say what you have and your brother have is what I've always had for you. God does that. Uh, people come close to God. They fall away. But when they repent, God always accepts them back. All right. So right before we close, I just want to read this because this is important. We've been talking about the Bible, how the Spirit gives us this ability to be taught from it, reproved from it, corrected from it, live in righteousness from it, um, that not everybody gets that, right? Only believers, only true believers. Right. Uh, those seeking knowledge will be given knowledge, right? Um, 
But here, here's what I want to see because I think Christians need to hear this. Anyone who hears this, and this is 1 John 4 and 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. That's a lowercase spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many pro false prophets have gone out into the world. Here's what I want to say. Just because it sounds good and it comes from someone called a preacher does not mean no. it is the word. You need to equip yourself with the knowledge of the word of God. Do not be afraid to Google your pastor, to Google his sermon, to Google the truth he told you. Do not be afraid to go type that in and say, what does this mean? And look at it. The Bible tells you to do that to protect yourself. Um, the Bible, it very much says... You are, you have to contend to your own faith. I can't borrow Demetrius's. I can't borrow yours. I can't piggyback off of yours. I have to, when it's all said and done, I'm going to be judged for me and my actions. So um, I, I want you to trust your pastors, but but you need to check them. Uh, if you see something online, if you see something on this other podcast, you see something on our podcast, look it up. We always we try right, to give our scriptures. Right, correct. Um, I, I I'm very much to always say I will always do that because why would I do anything else? Why would I do anything else? Uh, Jesus, while he was here representing me as a man, said I only do what the Father tells me to do. There's there's a lot of ways you can look at that. Jesus, as a man, protected the plan to do it perfectly by mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. acting as a man, right? Because how do men act? Hey God, I know we had a plan when I stepped out of heaven, but I, you know, I got this man thing figured out. Well, if he would have done that, right? But Jesus said, no, no, no. Part of the plan was I just keep my face to the father. I only say what he says. I only do what I see him doing. This is how it goes. And it worked. If, if people want to know how it works, but that's our, that's our example. You can be a great speech writer. You can be a great, um, you know, idea put put together pastor. And you can make people ooh and ah about your uh, oratory skills or your entertainment value from the pulpit. But if they didn't get any of the word, and listen, you look, if someone never misses church, that's 52 Sundays. If you're preaching 30 minutes, you are barely over a day of, one day of the year of scripture hitting anyone's ears. And if you only chose one scripture and said it once and the rest was about your trip to your family and Disneyland and who you witnessed to on a plane, if that's what you're doing, you're robbing God's people of the food that they need, right? You are mm -hmm. to pre prepare the sheep, get the sheep food. The goats don't need any food. If the goats come in there, don't give them goat food. You're starving the sheep with the goat food mm -hmm. about you and your dynamic speaking mm -hmm. ability because if, like I said, if someone never misses a Sunday... You gave them 26 hours of the time. Now, how much? They got more than that every week of Netflix, of streaming of oh, videos, yeah, of YouTube, of um, scary movies, of pornographic material, of uh, shows that just depict the world at its worst. Every show on streaming is full of uh, gratuitous sex, gratuitous nudity, uh, the most foul language ever. They talk, they're just worldly, and Christians, they, they'll stream that for 72 hours, but in one year, they only got 26 of an attempt of a preacher to actually get something into them. Preachers have to be better. Step up, get in the Bible, exposit the Word of God, study it yourself, 
know how to utilize it, and then we go back to these scriptures and say, this is what the, the word is good for. It's not, not good for making you look great at the pulpit. No. It's made for those people mm -hmm. to have a chance to live a righteous life here on earth. And listen, when they start relying on, on the church, they'll be back. Mm -hmm. Stop thinking that you've got to do some kind of bells and whistles routine to get people in your church. Give them a spiritual reliance on that block of time where they're with other people. Uh, and then, hey, uh, our, our church tries to do as best we can. We try to get together other times, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we miss it when we don't have it and we like it. But uh, get with a church that's actually biblical, teaching the scriptures, and that has leaders in it that is saying the same things that we are saying uh, today. Uh, so we're going to end this one because we've gone a little bit long, but that's okay. It's great. Uh, as always, we're encouraging you, get in the Word, uh, team up. I mean, look, we social media, you can oh, yeah. FaceTime Please. someone, read the Bible, text people. Um, there's great websites out there to help you to study through the Bible. There's great Bibles to read it through a year where it's not... Um, so cantankerous to go through numbers if you you know and and, and get bogged down uh it's a bible app on bible apps our bible apps are good bible right? apps are, are great um and and look go find someone else that needs it too and do it together just like uh working out just like eating right it's better when you have uh somebody to help you or uh, to motivate you like that but you'll never no one's ever said i'm sorry i read the bible no, no believers ever said that. I'm sorry oh, I read no, the Bible. Yeah, a lot of no true believer <laughs> in Jesus has ever said, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right? The, this, this, this statement, I used to be a Christian is false. Oh, no. no absolutely. What you meant to say was, I never was a Christian. I was pretending and I don't want to anymore. That's what that statement really means. I used to be a Christian uh, it means that you were part of a religion that was hollow. It was the same thing as, as a, given the psychology you didn't get any feeding, and you didn't believe. Mm -hmm. You did not believe in the sovereignty and the eternal salvation given through the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. You didn't believe in that, or who He is, and that He's that He's alive and well, back on the throne in all His glory, exalted to the highest name. And if you call on it, you receive that. And if you have called on on that, then put your life into it. They also had faith in the Lord. Many people that say they. Used to be a Christian, had faith in people, and they they never had. They had they liked they liked something or or the church or the activities mm -hmm. or uh, all that. Uh, you gotta you got to not just like Jesus. You have gotta love him, honor him, uh, know what he did, and give it to him. Uh, give it give it to him, and listen. He he's got the best offer on the table. Definitely. Said this before. Definitely. You can't offer me anything better than him. So I don't, you can spew science, you can spew all the religions of the world, all the gods of the world, all the history, you spew all that, but you have never given me a better offer than Christ Jesus when God himself steps down out of heaven, takes my punishment, offers it to me for free, does everything for me, and then uh, says, I'll come get you and take you to a place that's way better than this. And I look around and go, yeah, this place is terrible, yeah. right? And I was terrible in it. And... What other offer is there? Why would I ever trust anybody else? Uh, all these people deconstructing, you never believed. You never believed. Uh, the good thing about it in the Bible is the feast of God's Word. Don't settle for junk food. Right. The junk food is, is killing, is killing uh, believers mm -hmm. and, and, and potential believers, and it's turning people off. Uh, in fact, I, I was, and I think I've shared this before, 
these people that are deconstructing and they're making it like it's this beautiful poetic thing. Oh, I'm deconstructing because uh, what a lot of them were saying is I was never fed the truth. And now when I read the Bible, I see that my pastors were ill-equipped. My church was ill-equipped to tell me any truth mm -hmm. in spiritual discernment to help me whatsoever. The world offered me more. And I look at this and go, mm, I don't believe it. Well, of course you don't. Because because too many people aren't equipped. Christians aren't equipped to, to uh, as the Bible says, you should be equipped at any time to say why you have faith in right. Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. I think that was from Peter. Mm -hmm. Peter says right. that. Peter knows. Peter knows. Yeah. He's denied, right? He's mm -hmm. speaking from, you should be able to stand there and not deny. Right. Right? Because he knows. That's that's a personal thing for him. Uh, but for all of us, you should uh, you should know that. We're going to have to end this one, and, and maybe we'll do a part two to this one. But, well, thank you for uh, that. Thank you for thank sitting you. in with us. Appreciate and, uh, it. And glad we got uh, this episode out. And uh, we will see y'all on episode five next time.